thankful to feel what we feel in the house of the Lord tonight. I want to welcome all of our guests. If you're a guest to Bethlehem Church in the house or watching online, we welcome you. Can you make our guests welcome? Amen. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. We are privileged and honored to have brother and sister Grizzle back with us tonight. Amen. We love brother Evan and sister Ashley. Sister Ashley was on our staff here for several years. What a wonderful employee. So easy to get along with and uh, did a great work. And we love sister Ashley. And then for about the last year that she was here, uh, I told Brother Evan in the office, I told him, I said, when I did your wedding, it was my favorite wedding I'd ever done. It was 16 minutes flat, start to finish, including the song. It was awesome. And then I said, but now it's my second favorite. I said, because I had one in my office that only took three minutes, and it's now my favorite. And if we can cut that in half, that will be my new favorite. Amen. But we love Brother Evan. He is a fantastic worship leader. He is a great preacher, he's a tremendous leader, and he's a great Christian. And we love Brother Evan and Sister Ashley. When they left here, they went to Sister Ashley's home church to, uh, to help and assist her father. And now he is the lead pastor of Apostolic Tabernacle in Wilmington, North Carolina. I want you, if you will, to stand in honor of the man of God. Put your hands together, and let's let the Holy Ghost have his way. God bless Brother and Sister Grizzle. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord all across this place tonight. Now, y'all got lively during worship. Now, surely the Word of God is worth a little bit of praise tonight. I love to worship, but the Bible says preaching doth now save us. Hallelujah. honor and a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Uh, I know some of you like me and some of you don't. Big Mama reminded me that Ashley's the favorite and I'm okay with that. She's my favorite too. Uh, one of your students was sitting over there. I don't know the brother's name. He's sitting over here beside me tonight. He looked at me and said, she was my history teacher. And she scared me. And I said, it's okay. She scares me too. But I love her, and she is my better three quarters. And um, I think it would be real, real good tonight if she come up and greeted y'all. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to hear from her tonight? as I used to be, hopefully. Praise the Lord, everybody. Y'all can all be seated. What a special privilege it is to be here tonight with all of you. And we were in Arkansas this weekend, and my husband told me, he said, you know what? We are only two hours or so from Potts Camp. He's like, why don't I take you to Potts Camp on Sunday night? And my heart was just so happy to be able to see so many of you that I know and so happy to see so many of you that I don't know because I can see what God is doing at this church and I am so, 
so thankful. My husband reminded me, I, was, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, he reminded me of probably nine years ago now. It's probably nine years ago. I was over here, the keyboard was over here, and I was standing up here playing, and we were having a move of God just like we had tonight in this place. And Pastor Vasquez, I don't even know if he remembers this, but he came over and he laid hands on me and he started prophesying things to me that just now in the past few years, we've seen come to pass. And I believe tonight that the biggest lie of the devil is that you would feel discouraged, that you would feel like the people in this place, that they're not for you, that they're against you. But I'm here to encourage you tonight. This church is for you. You might be in your lowest point in life, but this body of believers here tonight, they are for you. This leadership team, they want to see you succeed. Your pastor, he believes in you, that whatever God is calling you to do, he believes that you are capable of doing it. And I'm so thankful to be back here tonight and see that God is doing great things here at Bethlehem Church, that what he started, he's continuing, and that he's not done with any of us yet. He's going to continue working on us. He's going to continue moving on us. And I just thank God for what he's doing in this place tonight. God bless you all so much. I love you. Y'all wanted to go ahead and preach? Amen. Let's go to the word of the Lord together. Joshua chapter number four. Give honor to your pastor, great man of God, Pastor Vasquez. Who loves your pastor tonight? Amen. There are a few churches that are strategically positioned in a spiritual sense, and you're a part of one of those churches. And your pastor is one of those pastors because there are few pastors that lead other men and women of God that are pastors themselves. And you are blessed with that kind of leadership. And I'm thankful for his vision, his love, his kindness for allowing us to be here tonight and give honor to all of the leadership team. Wasn't the music awesome tonight? Man, so good. Brother Austin was... Uh, he was so deep in the pocket on that one song and had the head bob going, he's going to have lint coming out of his ears when he gets out of there. Man, that's a pocket dweller right there. Amen. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe of man, Command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm. Twelve stones you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you, where ye shall lodge this night. And Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan. Take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, 
that this may be a sign among you. That when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. These stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. The children of Israel did it so as Joshua commanded and took up the twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan. As the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down. Verse number 9 is where we'll finish tonight. Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there unto this day. Tonight, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to minister to you on the subject, Unseen Altars. Unseen Altars. Now, listen, I'm a realist, okay? The best preacher in the building is behind me. Okay, I get it. I'm good with it. I'm not the best preacher. I want the Holy Ghost to move on you tonight. And I believe it's going to. And if you don't believe, I'll go ahead and believe enough for you. So this is what I would ask that we do. I want us to put our Bibles to our side. I want us to lift our hands to heaven. And I want us to pray fervently that God will move in this house. Can we do that? Lord, we do thank you for your power and your presence that we feel in this place tonight. God, we know that all good things come from you and we're praying and asking that your spirit will continue to move upon us. Lord, I rebuke anything that would try to hinder or bind us in this place tonight. I cast it out in the name of Jesus and I pray that your spirit would be upon every person under the sound of my voice. Touch our hearts and our minds and allow us to align with your divine will tonight. God, that you will receive the glory, the praise and the honor for it all. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, high five two or three people and tell them, I'm building an altar. God bless you. As you're seated. Amen. It was September the 11th, 2001, and I sat in school on a dreary day watching as the teacher rolled in a television from outside and began to move the antenna so we could watch the news of what was taking place in New York City. The events were terrifying. They, they seemed unreal as we watched in horror of everything that was taking place and men and women would jump to their deaths from the ten tow twin towers in desperation, knowing that their fate would be worse if they were to stay. As we watched on as if we were watching a movie at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, the last tower collapsed and, and rescue efforts became recovery efforts. That moment in our nation's history would be one that we will never forget. Much like Pearl Harbor before it, my generation looks back to that day. We were thrust into the throes of rebuilding while fighting a war on terror. Our country was attacked in an attempt to bring it to its knees and weaken it, but 
Instead, it strengthened our resolve somehow. Men and women were sent off to fight for on foreign soil. Others descended upon ground zero in the heart of the financial district in New York City. In Wilmington, I had the great pleasure of taking care of several men and one woman that were first responders that day on 9-11. Their bodies were tattered and torn from the inside out because of all of the harmful dust and chemicals that they inhaled. And now their bodies falling apart, people today still feeling what happened there. But I've also had the great pleasure of going to New York City. I visited the pools and the monuments where the towers once stood. The names of all the lives lost inscribed into the metal structure. The epicenter of a defining moment in our nation's recent history and unbeknownst to us, it's near future. Now there stands the 9-11 Museum, the 9-11 Memorial, and the World One World Trade Center. Those monuments... They were built to remind those of lives lost, of peril endured, of of the fateful moment that our world changed forever. But as we look across the world, there are monuments of equal importance erected by individuals who were impacted by things that they themselves are seeking to remember. Monuments, they've been built for centuries. If you go To the Keystone, South Dakota, you'll find Mount Rushmore that the faces of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Theodore Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln are inscribed and and blasted into to, to honor the first 130 years of U.S. history. If you go to the Taj Mahal, you'll find a great structure whose towers reach a staggering height of 240 feet that an emperor made to honor his third wife. If you go to the Roman Colosseum, you'll find a place that stands today as a protected monument to the shows that shows the Roman ingenuity of their time. Monuments and these monuments and thousands of others, they stand around the world. They celebrate lives. They honor history. They honor people. And they demonstrate to the future valuable lessons about life, love, and faith. Monuments, temples, and altars have been built for centuries. They've been built in honor of people. They've been built in honor of places and events. And they've been built in honor of gods. But others have been built in memory of moments in history lest they be forgotten by the generations that come after them. David, Saul, Samuel, Gideon, Manoah, Moses, Balaam, Isaac, Abraham, and Noah. They all built altars to God. Almost, one writer noted that almost every prominent figure in the Old Testament built an altar at some point. And we look at the story tonight, we find the man Joshua that took over from Moses and now led the children of Israel into the promised land. He was no different. In the portions of scripture that we read tonight, we find that he was leading them toward Jericho to watch miraculously as the walls would fall. Two spies had already gone out and spoken with Rahab the harlot concerning what was going to happen when they overthrow the city. But they've now returned again and Israel's on the move. And they come to the Jordan River. 
God commands Joshua to to command the priests to take up the Ark of the Covenant and stand amid the Jordan River. And as they do, the river's waters begin to stop in their their place as the feet of the men of God holding this great Ark, the presence of God here on earth. The stream no longer flows. The water no longer rages. Instead, it stops almost in honor of the presence of God. But he does something to honor this moment. He commands the the 12 12 men out of the 12 tribes to take a stone from the feet of where the presence of God is. He says, I want you to go build an altar where we lodge tonight. And it will be a memorial. He said that it will show our children that will ask. They'll say, hey, what does this monument mean? And he'll tell everyone what God did for you today. Let me tell you tonight, As was it Sister Kim that came out here and testified earlier? She came out and she took the microphone and began to talk about the goodness of God. And as she stood here tonight, she stood as a monument to the goodness of a great God. Let me tell you like the stones that were resting at the feet of the priest and now reside built on the the bank of the Jordan River. There's some people here tonight that stand as altars to the goodness of God. Let me tell you if God has ever been good to you, you serve as a monument. If God has ever healed you, you serve as an altar. If God has ever made a way where there seemed to be no way, you serve as lively stones built up into a house of God to show that God is still moving, God is still healing, God is still saving. Don't ever forget you're a memorial to his faithfulness. You're a memorial to his provision. You're a memorial to the miraculous. You serve as reminders to me And to others like me, that if he's done it before, he can surely do it again. You serve as reminders to people around you that if he did it for them, surely he can do it for me. Because God is not a respecter of persons tonight. Let me tell you, if you're still dealing with anxiety, don't worry. God can heal you. If you're dealing with depression, don't worry. God can deliver you. If you're addicted to crack cocaine or pills, don't worry. God can set you free. There's people all around this building that it will stand tonight and praise and worship to God. He's done it for me. He can do it for you. Twelve stones serve as a memorial to what God did on the riverbank where they lodged. The scripture records that Joshua would take twelve more And he would place them at the feet of the priests in the presence of God Almighty. Twelve stones that came from the river placed where they lost. But twelve more placed at the feet of the priests where the ark stood. They were covered as the men of God would carry the ark out of the Jordan River. The Bible says that the waters would return to their place. So there would be twelve seas. And 12 unseen. 
the Bible records as the writing of Joshua. They were there until this day. You see, over the next several years, many things would take place along that river. As children would play, they would play beside stones that stood on the riverbank that signified the hand of the Lord being upon Israel. As shepherds would bring their flock to drink of the flowing water, they would pass by stones erected into an altar that reminded passers-by that God of Israel is the one true living God. As merchants would look for a place to cross the River Jordan, they, they, would, they would walk by with their merchandise and their carts and they would pass by the stones taken by the men of Israel to show the faithful character of a loving God. For hundreds of years this would take place. Men, women, children, families, uh, priests, kings, slaves, and others would all pass by a monument built to remind the Israelites, their descendants, and all that would see is God is alive. Uh, God is good, and he cares for his people. But what they were missing was that steps away from where these stones lay underneath the raging waters of the Jordan River lie another memorial. But this one wasn't seen. As children played beside the 12 stones unseen, they had no idea that just a stone's throw from them were 12 more that were hidden. As shepherds took their flocks and, and as their flocks were drinking and they were looking at the stones, they had no idea that just feet from the noses of their sheep lie another unseen memorial. Merchants would pass by the visible, but they had no clue that, that the feet of their horses and the wheels of their carts would pass inches by 12 more stones that lie hidden from view. Many have written as to why Joshua would take these stones and place them there. Scripture doesn't tell us. God, while speaking to, to Joshua, he gives us the reason for the other. The scene are to remind us that God is good and he takes care of his children. But he doesn't fill in the blank for the stones that were placed at the bottom of the river. It doesn't make sense because unless the river were to dry up again, they wouldn't be seen. And even then, surely after hundreds of years, the waters would move the stones out of their place and the altar would be unrecognizable. But something would happen. 555 years later, there'd be a prophet that would walk up to the River Jordan. He would, he would take his... his uh, Mantle, and he would walk up to the river, and the Bible says he would strike it. And as he did, the Jordan would part, and him and Elijah would walk across on dry ground. I thought to myself, Pastor B, I wonder, did he cross at the same place where Joshua had erected the stones? Was what was hidden for 555 years now revealed to a prophet of God? But it wouldn't stop there. The Bible says Elisha followed Elijah. And we know the story that unless he sees his master taken up into heaven, he won't receive his mantle. And Elijah's called up and, and the mantle falls and he, Elisha takes it. And then he walks up to the same waters. He takes the mantle of Elijah. And he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Striking the waters again. And the waters roll back. 
and he seen what had been hidden for over 500 years. I believe it's prophetic. I believe the 12 seen were the 12 tribes of Israel. We see that. I believe the 12 unseen were the apostles of the New Testament. A stone for each apostle to come. Revelations 21 tells us of a great city that's coming. Holy Jerusalem. It said it had a great a, a wall great and high and had 12 gates. The scene. And in those 12 great gates was inscribed each name of the tribes of Israel. But then there was something else in the foundation. Something unseen. And there rest the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. What was seen for all those years was proof of what had happened. But what remained unseen was proof of what, to come, what was to come. Let me tell you, the good things in our life, they point back to Jesus. The miracles, the signs, the wonders, the, the ways made, they all speak of the goodness of a great God. They all stand as monuments to his power and his glory. They all stand as memorials of, of what he's done. But let me tell you tonight, God sent me to tell some people in Bethlehem, there's some heartache going on in a prayer closet that's standing not as memorials as what he's done, but memorials for what he's going to do in your life. When you're praying, asking God, to move. What you're doing is building altars that maybe people can't see now but they'll see one day and what you're praying for will come to pass. Let me tell you tonight, they see the faithfulness of God now but they're going to see the miraculous of God one day. When, when I, What I prayed about in the prophetic turns into the here and the now. Don't stop praying, saint of God. Don't stop living saint of God don't stop giving saint of God it serves as a memorial of what's to come he's not done with you yet he's not done with Potts Camp yet he's not done with Bethlehem yet you're building a bigger church and who knows that may serve as a monument one day to what he's done and you may build bigger you may build stronger Be not deceived. God is not mocked. What? Soever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's unseen. You know, it works both ways. Brother Austin, I can be in private. I can be sowing the good things of God but I can also be in private sowing evil. But, but the Bible says don't be deceived. God is not mocked. That which he sows he shall also reap. We've been sowing stuff in our private life. Oh, I don't know that I want to reap what we've been sowing in private life. I don't know that I want to experience when I've been talking about the preacher behind his back. Is it okay if I preach this hard tonight? I feel at home. I ain't going to lie to you. I feel at home. Big mama will get me if it ain't good. Trust me. 
And I don't know if I want the preacher to know about all the things I've been doing. I don't know if I want my children to know about the pornography I've been watching. I don't know. I don't know if I want my wife to know about that relationship I have at work. Oh, it's just flirtation. But what can it sow into? What can it turn into? Let me tell you what parents practice in moderation, the children's are going to reap in excess. Let me tell you if God means nothing to you, or He means very little to you, He'll mean nothing to your children. What kind of altars are we building? What kind of things are we saying? What kind of things are we doing? When our children see the altars of God built in the future, what are they going to see? Let it be said that when I die and I'm gone, let my children see altars of sacrifice and faithfulness. and Let them see altars of giving. Let them see altars built to God about the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift your hands all across this house right now. The Holy Ghost is here. Come on, I know, I know some people in this church you've been fighting. I know you've been going through it at home. I, I know, I know you've been trying so hard to make it work. But let me tell you what you're doing. What you're doing is you're building an altar. If we ever wonder, let us look around. If God has ever healed you, I wonder if you could stand to your feet if you feel comfortable. Oh, the monument to God's healing power. Why don't we praise the Lord for being a healer tonight? I praise you, God. Oh. Come on, that's it. Oh. I'm almost done. You can be seated. Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I don't often share my testimony, but I've done it already once today. What's twice? I was a kid that grew up in an apostolic home. Great parents. Dad was a coal miner and a hard worker. Mom was a school teacher, stay-at-home mother. Worked hard. Great family. I was drugged to church. I, I remember services like we had here tonight. I remember walking into the prayer rooms like I walked into tonight. Then about five years ago when our first daughter was born, I began to have memories of something that I had completely forgotten about. Things started flashing into my mind, and I wasn't sure exactly what they were. I talked to my wife, and 
being the incredible woman of God that she is, it sounds like it may be flashbacks of something. You should talk to somebody. Well, you know how men are. I didn't do it. I waited a long time. And then I talked to, I was working at the hospital, and there was a social worker who's a counselor. I walked up, and I began to talk to her. And you know how it is. Hey, I got this friend. <laughs> I mean, we're real, yeah, we're real tight. He started telling me about some stuff that's been happening to him. This is happening, that's happening. Oh, your friend. She knew. She said, it sounds like your friend has experienced some childhood trauma. And I was like, I don't think so. No, not my friend. Well, what triggered it? Well, he's having a kid. Aren't you having a kid? Yeah, it's just coincidence. said, it sounds like your friend needs to talk. So I talked to my wife. And people get uncomfortable. It's fine. It, it might would make me uncomfortable too, but I just want to tell you where I'm at. So as a kid, I was molested and didn't know. One in five boys, one in four young girls. But I had the perfect life. I was fine. Until I wasn't. And now I'm broken. I'm, I'm about to be a pastor. I'm about to have a kid. I, I, this can't be right. So I started feeling really worthless. Started feeling like I wasn't worthy of any of it. I started feeling like my brokenness disqualified me. So one day, and we'd just gotten a new house, and I went to the back of the bedroom and began to pray, and my wife was in the front, and I was praying. The Holy Ghost moved on me, and I began to cry, and I began to speak in tongues. God began to heal me that day. And what happened was, in that moment, in the privacy of my bedroom, I built an altar for what God was going to do. But to my children and every person that's listening to me tonight, it's not an altar for what he was going to do. It's now become an altar for what he's done. Because healing flows from heaven's gate. And I don't care what you've been through tonight. I don't care what you're going through tonight. I know that it's things are getting hard. I know that finances are messed up. I know that it seems like my marriage is falling apart. But let me tell you, if you can find your way to an altar, if you can find your way to a prayer closet, if you can find your way to a prayer room and stone by stone at the feet of the presence of Jesus begin to build an altar, you'll look back one day and instead of it being prophetic, for what he's going to do you'll tell
tell somebody, hey, let me tell you what God has done. Let me tell you how good he's been. Let me tell you how great he's been. Let me tell you what he's healed me of. I was broken. I was undeserving. But I found a God who loved me anyway and put me back together. That same God is here tonight. His name is Jesus. And he's as close as the mention of his name. Come on, why don't we give him some praise in this house tonight? Come on, that's it. That's it. Build an altar of praise for what he's going to do. Right now it might be prophetic. Right now it might be just getting ready to happen. But you'll look back and you'll say, Oh, look at what the Lord has done. Come on, that's it. Everybody to their feet if you can. Come on, keep that praise going just for another minute. Praise him like it's finished. Praise him like you're healed. Praise him like you're delivered. Praise him like you're set free. Praise him like your marriage is perfect. Praise him like your children have come back home. Praise him like you're not addicted any longer. Praise him, praise him, praise Oh, I'm praising him not because of where I'm at. I'm praising him because of where I'm going. I'm praising him not because of what I see, but because of what remains unseen. But I'm going to see it one day. Come on, that's it. I'm telling you, if we can push just a little further tonight, you're going to see the miraculous break loose in this place. Come on, that's it. If you don't have anything for God to work on, praise Him for somebody else. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to heal. He's going to save. He's going to deliver. Just for another minute, man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. I'm almost done. I'm reminded. Real quick, I'm almost done. I'm reminded of what what Jesus asked his disciples. They went to pray. He said, you stay here. I'm going to go over here for a little while. He goes over there. He comes back and they're asleep. Could you not watch with me? Could you not stay up with me for a little bit longer? The reason they didn't have the endurance to make it through was because they couldn't see what Jesus saw. He saw what was coming. They saw they're tired. He saw... He sees I'm about to go to a cross. And if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. And all they see is the backside of their eyelids. If we can't watch for a little while and pray, we'll never see 
what God has for us to see. I know we've been going for a long time, an hour and a half. I'm a big boy. I don't like marathons. Okay? I get it. I'm tired. But I just feel like if we can push for just a little while tonight, that you're going to leave with peace that passes all understanding. And you'll tell your family, hey, I was dealing with some bad stuff tonight, but look at what God has done. So I want you to lift your hands all across this place. I want you to pray. Get with one another and let's begin to pray right now. Come on, that's it. Let a great sound of prayer fly up to heaven right now. Come on, that's it. That's it, I'm telling you. The Holy Ghost, by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus, I stand on the power and the authority of your word. I pray right now, God, to let the Holy Ghost sweep through this house like a mighty rushing wind. Let it fill this place where we're sitting tonight. Let cloven tongues like as of a fire appear upon each of us. God, let peace be present. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke fear and I pray peace be present. God, I rebuke anxiety. I pray that peace be present. I rebuke depression. I pray let joy be present. Remind me what you're going to do. Come on, that's it. Build it for your kids. Build it for your grandchildren tonight. Build it for that spouse who isn't here tonight. Come on, that's it. Push just a little longer. God sees your brokenness. He's going to put it back together. Push just for a little bit longer. He's putting the pieces back together. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, if you got the Holy Ghost, why don't you find somebody to pray with right now? It don't have to be me. The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. Come on, that's it. Minister to one another tonight. Come on, that's it. Men, let the Holy Ghost come on you tonight. Come on, that's it. Let the Holy Ghost and fire consume you tonight. Come on, that's it. Get a fresh anointing tonight. Get a fresh move of the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on, that's it. That's it. Don't quit. Don't stop pushing. He's here right now. He's here right now.
Come on, if you're an aspiring young minister tonight, you you need to be in the altar speaking in tongues right now. Come on, build that altar. Build that altar. Come on, that's it, that's it. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is moving in this place. Come on, you're going to be an altar to healing. You're going to be a monument to peace. You're going to be a memorial to brokenness. Come on, that's it. He's healing every broken heart. Come on, that's it. He come to bind up the brokenhearted. Come on, he wants to turn your mourning into dancing. He wants to turn your sorrow into joy.
promises. Let's thank Him because His promises are true and sure and forever faithful. Because His Word is true, let's thank Him and praise Him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's right. Let's praise the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands to heaven all over this place and release yourself to the will of God for this congregation. I'm going to tell you what God wants this place to be. I know what people want it to be. I know what I've wanted it to be from time to time. I'm going to tell you what God wants it to be. He wants it to be a place that people can come and heal from their wounds, from their, from their brokenness, from their broken lives, from the, from the stuff that's gone on. God wants them to be able to come here and find healing for their heart, and their soul, their mind, their spirit. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands to heaven and help me pray, God. Help this be a, a healing place. Help it to be a recovery place. Help it to be a restoration place. God, when they come through the doors, let them find a church with its arms open, ready to help heal the wounds of this world and past and life. Can you help me pray, God, let this be a healing place. God, help me to be a healer. Come on. Help me, God, to help somebody heal through love and patience and prayer and caring and kindness. Help us, oh God, to help people recover. In Jesus' name, have you enjoyed the word of the Lord and the presence of the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise. You can pray as long as you like.
You can be dismissed at your discretion. Bless you in Jesus' name.